It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at Shop gwdistrict.com that's shop gwdistrict.com the gw district a retail marketplace of black owned products and media that's right that's right welcome to pilgrim on wrestling with your host Billy pilgrim that good wrestling under tree give you that old school feel with a new school type thought process every Wednesday night so are you ready are you ready are you ready for the show so here's Billy What's going on, buddy? Uh, you know, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Another great piece. Uh, me. I just came back from doing my civic duty voting stuff. I'm not doing anything for Halloween because I have no reason to do anything for Halloween, to be honest with you. Oh. Well, actually, yeah, actually, hold on one second. For any Republican fans that we might have listening to the show, first off, go fuck yourself. Second of all, when Kavanaugh means civic duty, uh, you guys understand it as him breaking the law and or, depending on your age, uh, being uppity. Um, and we encourage we encourage all uh, our brethren, various ethnicity groups to be uppity. But, uh, yeah, so in case you were confused when he said, well, first of all, civic means public. And uh, so, you know, using big words. But, yeah, no, yeah, you would understand it as being uppity. (laughs) Which is so fucking damn true. Oh, Um, yeah, like, oh, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's after sunset. Why is he allowed to walk around outside and, you know, so on and so forth? Yeah. but yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. And of course, you know how we start this. Welcome to Pilgrim on Wrestling here in the 
STO, the Smokers Lounge here on Spotify, wherever you're listening. And I am your co-host, Kevin Arthur Southern Champ. Let me introduce you to the main <laughs> event, the host himself, the man that will tell you like it is, what it is, and how it's supposed to be when it comes to professional wrestling, and even porn to a certain extent, the one, the only, barely... Jersey sucks. <laughs> I, I heard New Jersey. It was, I heard a lot of shit about New Jersey, dog. A lot of shit. Not great. Well, here's the funny thing. One, like, I'm I'm actually going to announce, like, I just, well, I'm actually, this is, you know, I just literally this afternoon, I've been in talks because last couple months some bullshit's been going around and I can't have that. Um Mm-hmm. You know, I was having an easier time getting work when I was a nobody banging Craigslist girls. Um, so I'm like, a changes need to be made, and you know, so on and so forth. And you know, as I've documented on this show, my post production is my my major weakness. Uh, so I signed with an agency today, a small one, you know, uh, and so now I have an agent, and they're going to help me with you know, my brand and publicity and hopefully getting me paid gigs to keep work being paid and, you know, all that post-production shit. Um, so that's a good positive thing. Oh, yeah. And I guarantee you when I announce it, no one's going to say shit. I posted a one set, not even a proper English sentence, uh, saying I'm not looking forward to Jersey and everybody oh. lost their fucking mind. I had people <laughs> call me to ask me why I'm being so negative. And it's like, well, I don't want to go, but I, long story longer, I was anchored in uh, with a paid gig that was in Nashville. So I had to leave with the person I was doing the gig with on Monday. On top of, there was a, uh, a shoot that I really wanted on Friday, which of course never happened. So I was kind of obligated to go, but it was the shit show because the problem with New Jersey, I don't know if it's because of the location. I don't know if it's because of the time of year. Or what? For those of you who don't know, the major, the big part of the industry, what what most the average porn watcher or civilian thinks is the porn industry shuts down for like, you know, from basically from like the second week of November till AVN, uh, like a lot of big producers just stop and so on because of the holidays. So I don't know, for every big expo or get together there's always that collection of fuckheads that are like money grabbing or cloud chasing wannabe producers like you know trying to like you know like just being disorganized and trying to grab like oh this girl's gonna make me the most money this girl's gonna make me the most money as opposed to like the guy who runs plumper pass who's like i have these girls on these days they gotta be on time they gotta be ready here's your paycheck boom 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 you know like a real producer and the problem I could see it months out was it was like New Orleans. The the level of fuckery and people just being stupid and unprofessional was going to over exert the the levies of common sense and professionalism and it was just gonna flood the expo with jackassery. And sure enough, I and literally it was my it was, worst, right. it was my worst exotica. I got two shoots in and I was lucky to get those. I went to go buy a thing to go to the expo, and I never knew this, but apparently you have on the weekend of you can only pay cash, and they charge uh-huh. you more. And I was like, "Fuck that!" 
and I, I was like, no. And so I didn't go. I didn't see anybody. I didn't, you know, I basically slept all day Saturday because like the one girl that approached me about working overslept. Other people never got back to me about shooting. So I didn't shoot shit on Saturday. Um, and uh, my room reeked like I got I got dra- dragged into this hotel room staying at this place. It was a fucking shithole. It smelled like raw sewage all weekend. Oh, and it was just absolutely miserable. And the best part, and here's the best part, like girls, producers, uh, guys who I'm friends with, uh, who are like in multiple halls of fame, had a hard time getting shoots. They were on Twitter going, hey, is anybody out there? And, you know, it was, it was fucking just, it was a big jackass fest. And I, uh, yeah, I was just like, I, you know, this is why I'm never going to New Jersey Exotica ever again. The only way I will ever go is if all my expenses are being paid and I'm at the minimum. Well, first of all, you're going to have to pay me to have the conversation. But then, like, my hotel, my flights, uh, my Ubers around from to and from the airport. And then I would like some paid gigs while I'm there, unless you want to pay me just to be there to, like, hang out. But <clears throat> I'm never doing that one again. Uh, and man, and again, everybody let, with this. Let, let, let's just say I heard there was overdose, fentanyl use. Girls well, were escorting from the booth. Now, it, it, yeah, here's, here's, here's the funny thing. No test. Here's the funny thing. Okay, so I now I'm shitting on this Exotica. It doesn't mean I don't. I love the actual thing, the brand Exotica. Like I do love going to Exotica, like Chicago, Miami. They're great. And normally it's a good event. And I know some of the people that work for Exotica, they're awesome. So it's not, I, they can't control the jackassery of the behavior of people. But like, I've heard there were issues with security at the, at the host hotel bar and that they were doing dumb shit, which it's like, look, all due respect to Exotica, you got to make sure the girls are safe. And they did some bullshit saying, well, you guys got to provide your own security. Like, no, asshole. If you want these, like, I don't care how popular I become. Or like Thor Johnson or Richard Mann or Evan Stone, like the girls make the, these expos. So if they don't want to come or if they don't want to leave their hotel room once the expo's over, you're yeah. fucked. So you need to provide security and you need to have like special badges. If somebody can prove their legitimate talent, they should have a special watermark on their VIP pass. Uh, see, first, to- see, see, the first mistake is because I heard that also you had some IG models that had booths. If you're not a porn professional, you should not be able to get a booth, first of all, at a Zarko or any event of that nature. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, if you're not actually, like, if you're just somebody who does a lot of innuendo and wink-wink, no, no. Because these girls don't, you know, when 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 they fucking delete, like Miss Danny, who is a high-end performer at a star, she, she literally gets her shit deleted all the time. Like, if you're not going to come <clears> to the aid and defense of fellow sex workers then no, you shouldn't be included in our club because why should you profit and not stand with us during the hard time? Yeah. And you, again, also, I'm sorry, but I don't give a fuck how hot you are. If you're able to make 50 grand a month just being in your underwear and twerking your fake fat ass or just juggling your tits, great. But I'm sorry, you are, as far as talent and, and you know, personality, you are nowhere near any of the girls that work in the industry because they, they they'd actually take some real talent to do this. But um, on the fentanyl thing, I don't know. I've heard back and forth that it wasn't fentanyl, that it was. But here's the funny thing, and I'm surprised. But again, former 
former drug dealer uh, or weed dealer, whatever you want to call it. I don't really think of weed as a drug. I think it's kind of like a, it is a drug, but it's a lame drug. Your grandmother smokes weed. It's not cool uh, anymore, but um, it's had no edge to it. But the problem is while I sold, I sold pounds and like hundreds of pounds of the shit along with various other things. And while weed was never my personal drug of choice, you know, when you sell something, you got to know what you're selling. So I'm surprised by the level of ignorance of people that claim to be potheads or into this shit. And here's the thing. Um, you can technically overdose on THC, not in the traditional sense, but here's the problem. Number one, I can make weed oil really fucking strong on my stovetop, okay? And I'm talking like lethal strong. Now, if you take somebody with a goddamn chemistry degree or some kind of like, you know, college degree that knows how to do that shit, they're going to, I mean, imagine what they can do. And they're making these candies that literally don't, you don't taste the shit in it. THC, if you're going to digest it, is a stronger high. It is a longer Mm -hmm. high because it goes through your liver and creates an enzyme that basically, that's the thing that gets you high. And it's a more full bodied, like if you eat a strong edible or if you eat too much, you literally can be high for actual days. And you can eat so much that you will kind of have an, uh, like a weed version of an acid trip. So you can over uh, overstimulate your system. You can overexert your system by eating too much THC. So I can imagine a bunch of fucking halfwits because like, oh, I'm in porn or I'm at a porn convention. I'm going to take some drugs and yada, yada, yada. And they think, and, and that's the problem. I've literally... Last night, I almost got to an argument, and I was like, no, but I, because I can't have this, we're about to shoot, I can't have this stupid argument. Weed is a drug, okay? Yeah. It's, like, aspirin's a drug, I'm drinking a beer right now, that is a drug. If it alters your state, guess what? It's a fucking drug. Now, is it a relatively healthy drug in comparison to others? Sure. Um, is it addictive? That is up for debate, because I have seen people that can't go a day without smoking, uh, is this, does it have many uses? Does it have medical benefits? Yes. And so did cocaine at one time. Okay. And here's the problem. It's become mainstream and, and all this like natural herbal bullshit, like pot smokers have become this pretentious douchebag class of drug takers where it's like, oh, this is not, a, it's like Fitz McMahon. Like this is not wrestling. <laughs> like, no, it is wrestling, fuckhead. You know, like, I've, that's why, like, when I have drugs on me or if I'm doing them, I kind of keep it to myself because I like the occasional pill. I like Coke. I like Molly. Maybe if I'm feeling particularly Southern that day, a little meth. But I like stuff that kind of, like, makes you more present or makes your mind kind of, you know, I weed for me always slowed me down and I didn't like it. I don't, you know, but give me a pill and like cocktail. And I'm happy, maybe maybe later that night, a couple of bumps. And that's me. And I know how to do drugs. I know when to do them. And I, you know, and I only accept quality. So I know it's again, it's an adult game like sex. You got to, you got to, you got to play at a high level if you want to fuck around with it. But no, everyone's like, oh, it's weed. It's a vape. It's this. It's not drugs. I can, you know, it's like, look, man, if you're drinking shots of, of uh, fireball all night, you're going to get hammered and you're going to black out. You're going to do something really fucking stupid. It's the same thing with weed. Weed is a drug. And here's the best part. Cops and law enforcement are very annoyed that it's slowly becoming legal because that means loss of money for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same, so 
if the cops if you're if you're traveling with a large amount of something and even and even though it's semi-legal and the cops can like kick in your door and step on your neck and basically take away your life and just ruin you financially for years to come guess what it's a drug i can travel with i can literally fill up a, a tanker truck full of uh beer and drive to the next exotica in chicago no problem you know if i you know you get too much weed on you or whatever if you're in the wrong state you're fucked it is a drug and i really think one it's pretentious and kind of like I say kind of douchebaggery that they have this idea that oh no it's not a drug uh, <laughs> oh my heavens to Betsy oh my god you're calling weed a drug It's a, that, that'll be a scandal in all the salons oh my oh I feel faint <laughs> somebody get me a couch you know it's, it's, it's like look you need to understand that it's a drug and also the fact that I've never been a pothead I used to eat edibles I used to smoke the occasional joint for me it was always more of a meditative thing like a reboot mm-hmm. I would just do it by myself or go see a movie uh, but I hate to break the news to you. It is a narcotic and it could, and especially with all these people with all these fancy college degrees that normally they're getting into the weed industry. Cause that's the only way they're ever going to pay off their student loans. They're making stronger weed, all these, like the vapes and all these stupid edibles they are making the shit. It was, it was strong as fuck in its original plant form. And now you're literally turning it to like the weed version of crack cocaine. So guess what? You can yeah, because we because each to the point that the chemical they used to grow it with, you know, uh it's 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 a lot for, for, for people that really like a weed concert with myself, yeah. It, it weed ain't what it used to be. <laughs> well, again, <laughs> for I, sure. I sold I remember one time I had this stuff that we were selling and it was four hundred dollars an ounce, no no discount, no nothing. Because you know. If you sell an eight, mm-hmm. but then you buy a quarter, oh, wait, I'm going to buy, you know, as you buy more, it, it goes slowly down. Um, so it was all, all organic, uh, some kind of version of, of, uh, of a, uh, what is it, uh, diesel something, um, uh, whatever, I forget the name of the brand, like diesel. Um, uh, and it was, it was grown and, and cultivated by the guy. Who vented diesel? Uh, I, I know that's not the whole name. I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden. Uh, uh, I want to say Shane Diesel, but it's not Shane Diesel. I, I, I want to say you know this. What like the the diesel, like the weed name, like what is it? What yeah, is it? I, I know you're talking about. No, they, they call it diesel. Okay, or so gas. diesel. So the oh, guy might, who oh, actually, they so the guy. So I actually smoked a little bit of it. I mean, it was good, but I mean the guy who actually created the diesel brand is still alive. He's still growing. And this stuff was all organic. And once it was sold, it was gone. Like you weren't going to get, he, this was not going to be a regular thing. And, we, and it sold like 200 for a half, 400 for a full ounce. And, you know, it was super fucking rare. And, and it was the only time, because even for us, like we, like we got weed as part of our pay. So I would literally just give weed out. You would have loved me when I was working for, for the last guy I worked with. Because I just had like a pile of weed in my house in different containers. So I would just, I would smoke a little bit here and there. But I would just give it out. I would give it out to girls I was banging, you know, and this, that, and the other thing. And, um, or I'd give it out as like a tip. And I, for the, I never cheated. I was like the most honest, fastest drug dealer you ever had. And I would actually warn people, like, especially when I sold edibles, but I, it was the only time I actually took some weed out of one of the one of the half ounce containers and I put it aside. I'm like, all right, well, you know, again, this hype. And I didn't realize the guy was still alive or whatever. I like I don't know how old the D 
diesel strain is, but I know it's a ridiculously popular strain. So this guy basically created the Coke of weed. So I smoked it and it was good, but I mean, you know, people, but yeah, it's, you need to be careful, especially as it becomes more legal, it's going to become stronger. It's going to become, yeah. and they're going to find different ways to get into your system at a stronger fucking pace. Okay. Again, I was a lightweight when it came to weed because I think my system never really accepted it. And then I got on antidepressants and something in my wiring changed to where I can't even, I haven't tried to eat an edible in years, but like, I can't really be around weed smoke. Like I, I can't smoke. It'll make me sick. But I remember I took a pool one time off of a, of a weed vape and like, just like a half a pool. Like, a, and I was like, it fucking hit me like a young Tyson. And I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I like, I was a lightweight, but I wasn't that much of a lightweight. It normally took a joint to get me, you know, down. So like, you gotta be fucking careful because they're going, you're gonna see people start to like, basically flip out, like taking too much acid or taking too much of anything. They're going to have hallucinations. They're going to be tripping because they're spreading this bullshit idea that it's all organic and it's not addictive and you can't overdose and die and it's completely harmless. Like, no, no, it's not completely harmless. Uh, you, you can get sick off of weed, trust me. I, <laughs> if you smoke enough. <laughs> but also it can make you lose your mind. And, and you know, and, and I think it is addictive in a different way. But here's the other thing. Heroin if, as long as you've got pure heroin and as long as you have a steady supply of it, you can do it until the day you die. It doesn't like one of the things about heroin is it doesn't damage the liver. It doesn't uh, like if you are able to take it like, I don't know, like snort it or whatever. And it's like a pure, not all stepped on and corroded. Your system can totally function on that forever. Like, you know, William Burroughs, like he died, I believe, of old age. You know, like there's a lot of heroin addicts that I've known in my life that like were heroin addicts for like literally 30, 40 years. Like I knew them personally, like, and they were just like, yeah, I just, you know, always had to connect and I always made sure I had more than one connect and I always spent the money and they just, you know, and they just did it different ways and your system can digest it and not have it break down your system, you know? So, uh, so I guess, so I guess heroin's, you know, okay. Cause it doesn't hurt your system. But yeah, you, like we can be very dangerous. And I kind of, I once, I thought it was kind of stupid with the security of the girls at the bar. I really think they need to have, like in Chicago, they had a VIP section, like the, the, the hotel bar, you had to have the VIP pass, but that but a fan could buy that. I think you, like, again, I would go to Exotica and show them my resume and show them references and yada, yada, yada. So then I get a I get a thing in the mail with a special watermark on it that says I'm talent and have a separate VIP section. So I like so that way, not even so much for me or the guys. So like a girl like Maddie Collins can go and hello, hello, and take pictures and then like Jesus, I need a drink in a moment. And then she could go into the VIP, like the like the real the champagne room of the section where they're just performers, and she could sit down and have a drink, and as as opposed to, oh my god, I'm a biggest fan. She could sit next to me and go, hey, Billy. I'm like, hey, Maddie, how you doing? And, and just have a drink and then go back out. Like, and, and here's again, I'm not saying give it to us for free. Mm-hmm. But also, if you're going to allow drugs to be sold, at the, legal or not, you need to make sure, you need to vet the fuck out of those people. And you need to paper that convention. And you need to have shit everywhere to cover your ass saying, hey. Yeah. Because a lot of people didn't. The convention itself overdose 
Well, and here's the thing. I I told a lot of people about this. A lot of people don't realize, like, yeah, you can actually have it. You could be high for days. You can actually trip by having an acid trip. And they're like, no, you can't. I'm like, motherfucker, I did this for five years at a high level. I paid my rent. I paid my bills. I made a solid living. I sold the celebrities. I sold the Ice Cube's kid. Okay. I sold to the guy from American Horror Story. I, the guy, the new guy that played Spock. Like I sold to like major celebrities. I sold to like guys who, you know, make a million dollars a week on Wall Street. Like I sold at a high level and I'd probably still be doing it had I not got fucked over by my boss. But, you know, it's, it's a dangerous thing. It can be very fucking dangerous. And it just, it's a level of ignorance and arrogance, which is a dangerous mix. And, you know, Exotica, if you're going to allow this shit to be sold in states where it's legal, then you really just for your own benefit. And also, again, we it's a sex convention. We are sex workers. You got women walking around butt ass naked. You got people fucking. You got people selling fucking. You got people selling accessories to make the fucking better. You know, you ain't fucking fast enough. We got this thing over here that'll speed up your fucking. You want to slow down your fucking? We got a whole apparatus over here that'll slow down your fucking. You want to pretend you're fucking a 20-year-old, but you want to pretend like you're fucking a 70-year-old? We got a device for that. <laughs> you need to cover your ass in all regards because there's no, there's a massive lack of responsibility in this country. People want to go to these conventions. They want to party. They want to drink. They want to fuck. They want to do all this shit. And they don't want to you know, know the rules of the game. And then when, they, when something blows up in the face or they have a bad time or, or, you know, whatever, well, now it's everybody's fault, but mine, like I said, I love drugs. I love partying. I don't really do, I don't do drugs at these conventions. I barely drink uh, because I'm there to network and I'm there to work. And it's like three to four days, sometimes five of just high density, shaking hands, meeting people, fucking doing shoots, networking, yada, yada, yada. So I, you know, I I I work, I I amp my workout, you know, schedule before I go to these things, and I really you know tighten up my diet, and I really throw like vitamin blast my system, and I you know play like I said, I'll have a couple of drinks here and there, but I don't drink, you know, like to get a buzz, and again, I gotta I gotta perform, I gotta look good, I gotta do this that and the other thing, other people could do what they want, but like you know if that's the thing, it's like oh I'm gonna be up all night, go to these parties. I have stories of girls telling me, oh, they, they just hand me coke or they just hand me weed. I'm like, well, okay, you don't do coke, so you need to hand that over to me when you when you get it. But, <laughs> um, but you know, and I'll give you some money for it, so that way you're winning, you're double winning. But, you know, it's like you got to be smart. And, again, it's work. You're there to work, and you got to be careful. If you're a performer, you got you, you know, there's this image of us, so you have to, you know, kind of protect that and be safe. And also, like, these these fans and whatnot, you know, like, a lot of bad fan behavior. But, again, the convention, like, why are you selling drugs at a sex convention? Uh, and if you – if uh, I think it's dumb. I wouldn't have allowed it if I was running the shit. I'd be like, no, you're not selling this shit. But if you're gonna, then you need to – I want – this is – you got to have a big-ass sign that says all the possible things that go wrong. You got to have information. Everything you sell has got to come with, like, a little paper packet that says all the shit, how to take it and everything else because I want, you know, some kind of insurance and so on because if it goes bad, they're going to blame, oh, the sex workers. Oh, they were just being all deviants and they were eating children and cha-cha-cha. We won't get the bad rap 
Oh, it's laced with fentanyl. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it seems like a weird thing to lace fentanyl with a, with a, you know, with a. With it was, they were giving away mushrooms. It was mushrooms. And um, once again, I'm like, okay, I, I can understand weed because it's legalized weed. But I would think that if you, like you said, if you was going to allow a booth to do that, that you would, I guess, make sure that that shit is straight. You know what I'm saying? Especially with the fit with, with yeah, people and also, and all as much as they do now. And especially with mushrooms or like like again, you know, I have mixed Coke with Molly. Like literally in the span of a day, you know, because um, I knew what I could handle. I might have a couple of pills, I might put some weed like I like to we made this weed oil, this weed honey that I would put my coffee in the morning that I really liked. But uh, I maybe put a little bit out of my coffee. I might pop a couple of Percocets and have like a cocktail. Then I'd go about doing my job. And then like as it got off and I go out into the city in the night, I might, you know, do, you know, do a couple of bumps. If I had some Molly, do a little Molly. But again, I had a way of doing it. Um, and I knew how much I could drink and how much I can, you know. And, uh, you know, you can mix certain things. And for me, I could mix like a pill, like a, like one Percocet and like a little bit of Molly and like a little bit of Coke and drink because again, I'm not doing it at, at like mass volumes. And for me, that mix works. Whereas I had sex on weed once and I hated it. And you got to know your body, your system. And also, mushrooms may be natural, but it's a completely different high. LSDs yeah. are a completely different high. Mushrooms are a completely different high. Molly is a different high. Ecstasy is a different high. Like, if, again, Booze, drugs, and sex are not a privilege or a right. It, or it's a, it's a privilege, not a right. You need, and again, you everybody's got to learn like on the job. But you really, if you're going to take shit with reckless abandon, it really comes down to it's your fault. Yeah. You know? and uh, I mean, if if they're selling you bad shit, because I've always been very picky about the stuff I buy. Um, but you know, if they're selling bad shit, okay, that's one thing. And honestly, if they did lace the shit with mushrooms, then you need to out that particular company and ban them. And essentially, just as a little warning, for the next three years, nobody could sell THC anything. Okay? And when they say, why? Go, this this fucking company. And we're not fucking around. Because, again, you have a responsibility mainly to the female performers. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because, again, that's what sells the industry. I don't give a rat's ass if the next... By this time next year, I'm one of the hottest fucking, you know, guys in the industry and I'm signed to Brazzers and I'm, you know, I was able to buy a house because literally the money came in so strong. I was able to put a down payment on. If you just say, oh, Billy Pilgrim's going to be at Exotica, New Jersey. And then it's just me sitting there like like Lonnie Anderson that one time when she was signing her book and nobody came near her. She's sitting at a ball by herself collecting dust. That's what it's going to be. You need <laughs> the women. They'll be like, oh, my God, Alex Cole, Maddie Collins, Dee Williams. Oh, my God, there's that treacherous cunt, uh, Lisa Ann. And there's, um, you know, that racist pig, Brandy Love. And, oh, my God, there's some legends of porn. Oh, Billy. I like Billy. I'll go over and say hello to Billy and shake his hand. That's it. You know, like, Emmett Stone gets science autographs and takes pictures of people. But his line is – he's never mobbed. And his line is never – around the block it's around the block for like a lot of these like angela, Maybe, yeah. angela white like i said she is a i think she's like a 
witch or something because I've, I've seen this woman spend six hours with a line wrapped around and I've never seen her take a break. And she just is smiling and happy that makeup never, I mean, she, it's like, like, God damn, you are a fucking talent. You are a star. You know, I don't care how you take dick like this right here. Whatever pastors are paying you, they need to give you like a 15% raise 20% because for you to be able to stand in the outfits you're in, for six hours and hug and touch and take pictures and, and have fucking got like all these idiots like hit on you and talk about how they masturbate to you. And, and, you know, just, Oh my God, even if she really does enjoy it, it's six hours, you know, I would do it. If I ever have the popularity that I have to sit for six hours and, and greet my fans, I will totally do it. And I will, I will, I will piss my pants. If I have to, I will not take a break. I will shake every hand. I will take every picture. I will sign everything i will hug them and and just and be so thankful but by the end of that six hours i'm gonna look like Gollum with a hangover i'm gonna look like shit i'm gonna be great i'm still gonna be grateful but i mean like i'm gonna just you know so uh yeah i just yeah so now with that being said we got that out of the way now it's time to get to where the people let's get the people who listen to this sucker what they want that pro wrestling smoke and you know how we start every segment when we before we talk wrestling we have to talk to our friend of the show that social voice that legendary voice the commentator, I consider the number one, one of the greatest commentators of all fucking time. We're talking about Gordon Soli. So welcome to the Gordon Soli Poetry Corner here in Halloween. Welcome, friends. And thank you once again for joining me and my little corner of the wrestling world. Uh, given the, as my dear friend Billy put it, the fuckery of the last couple of weeks, I have pulled out a special poem to commemorate the moment called Pure Mediocrity. Why do we seek the truth? We wonder why we have child killers. We scream our fears in books, lectures, on radio, and TV. The read the read minds are unsurfed by green. The mediocre reign supreme. Fallout has us, that's for sure. My I'm glad I am so pure. And I have to say, I was listening to your conversation, and while I'm pure, I remember the one time Kevin Sullivan gave me the magic cookie. And I woke up two years later and I was a regular cast member on Whalen, Madam and Whalen Flowers and Madam. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember I woke up during a particularly, shall we say, compromising position with Whalen tied up on her strings. And it took them six hours to get me down. And that's why I said I would never work another union job again. <laughs> Damn. Back to you. <laughs> And then you go to. Well, that explains all the splinter marks. Yeah. Yeah, that explains the poetry. <laughs> in my cases, because I can imagine the drugs back then was very interesting. Very interesting. 
Oh man, speaking about people on drugs. <laughs> this well, I know a lot of y'all been like, damn, y'all been gone for a minute. Well, like I said, sometimes life takes its course. He had to go to Azotica and 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 and, and a lot of things. So, but we're back, and there's a lot to discuss within the time that we're gone. Um, the the investigation has concluded, and we now have a buyout happening of one CM Punk, and um, this is interesting. Um, I didn't heard everybody's take upon what's going on from Jim Cornette to Brian Alvarez to to whomever, and me me personally, um, I'm glad that it's necessarily over. That there is some rec- reconciliation, so people can move the fuck on, what have you. Uh, do I hate that Punk is leaving? Yeah, because I'm not even going front. I was enjoying having him back on TV and everything. Um, I don't know what all was it. What's your thoughts? <laughs> well, I I think right now everyone's talking about buyout, but the thing is. I don't think Punk really needs the money, and I think whatever he's going to get for this buyout and what and what he's made from this past year, like he was already set for life, I believe, because yeah. he was doing other things. So I think he's going to be even more set for life. I think it's going to be a matter of that Tony is going to buy him out and then but wants to non compete, which I wouldn't sign unless unless he gives. The only way I would sign a non compete is if he uh, pays the full amount of whatever he was going to get plus some extra because if I'm punk and I just got fucked over and I do think, you know, regardless of what he's like in real life, I think punk got a raw deal in this whole situation. I, I would not sign a non-disclosure longer than 90 days. And Mm. then I, you know, like a lot of people suggested, you know, just as a big fuck you to Kenny and the bucks and to show everybody like who's the man, I would come back to WWE and there's your WrestleMania main event, Roman versus Punk. And here's the deal. Uh, he's now at but the see, point but, but, see, that's, but, but see, that's the question. Would Now, I know the political thing that Triple H said um, when asked. But would Triple H actually bring the dude back? Because well, outside locker room cancer, bullshit, whatever. Okay, whatever. You know, but at the end of the day, the drawing power that he brings. Yeah, and and here's the other thing. It it literally brings the sense of bigness back, and it would mean, I think he would, because Triple H is about trying to right this ship, and what, I mean, again, if Punk was able to come back at the second argument of the Royal Rumble, and then you, mm-hmm. build, he's like the surprise entrant, and he wins, the ratings, the 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 buzz, everything would just skyrocket. I'm not gonna lie to you, I would watch. You know, um, well, you know why? Because no one expected him to go back or be taken back. Well, if I was him, if 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 if, if it's gonna happen, I would literally go to Punk and I would go to Punk, go to Chicago, hat in hand, and be like, so, you know. And here's the thing: now he's at the position to get what he always wanted. He's in the position to get that that Lesnar deal. And also, uh, he would get the main event WrestleMania, and that's a big thing. And you, and especially if you're going to have him win the belt, 
because that's somebody that could be Roman and it would be a big, you know, so he would, I mean, that right there, those couple of things, you get the Lesnar deal, you get the main event and you win the title and then one of the biggest matches ever. I think that would be a bigger match than the rock and Roman. And, yeah. but I would walk up to triple H and go, look, uh, you know, we're going to keep literally keep this between like five people, me, you, your wife, my wife, and like some lawyers, we're not going to tell anybody. And then the day of the day of like hypothetically the Royal rumble will sign all the contracts but, like, we're all going to sign non-disclosures. Like, really keep it, like, literally, don't even tell, like, HR, like, really just have it be, like, old school mob. Like, we're in a back room and we're just going to conversate and we're going to have our lawyers, you know. And then that way uh, you can come show up at WrestleMania or Royal Rumble and we'll sign the paperwork. And then you come out and the place will blow up. And until then, you have Punk publicly going, no, I'm not going to WWE. Fuck this. Blah, blah, blah. And Boom. I because here's the deal. Look, Punk is going whatever. Uh, he made money. I don't like some people saying. Yeah, I think you know he was a good in the locker room. I think it's like I really do believe it's kind of like just two locker rooms. There's the Omega Bucks locker room, and then there's everybody else. And I think the Bucks and the Omega number one should not be keeping their v- e- uh, EVP uh, jobs, but. When they and they, there's this does not seem to be any consequence on their end. So if they come back and they still have their executive uh, jobs and there's no real penalty, well now you just they, you know again like the, with Omega the way he behaved at the meeting where he's telling the locker room that you know eighty percent of you wouldn't have a job if I had my way. It's like I'm sorry, Punk. I'm sure if he and I met, he probably wouldn't like me, and I don't know if I would like him, but. When a guy who is executive vice president plus one of the biggest stars and claims to be the founder of this big company uh, is telling 80% of the roster, I wouldn't spit on you if you were on fire. That is, <laughs> you're not a locker room leader then. You can't be, you know, that's a bad, I wouldn't want to fucking go near you. Um, so it's, I think it's going to set a bad presence. Um, also, the constant rewarding of, uh, the constant rewarding of, um, of uh, Adam Page and all the shit that he started and all, you know, like he cost you, you're one of your biggest, and again, one of your biggest draws, he cost you. So now you're gonna, you know, you're gonna like reward him by having him be, and, and again, the guy every day is less and less impressive and just proven that he does not belong in the spot that he's in. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I just think Tony, it's everybody's fault. It's everybody's to blame and everybody's at fault. But the problem is the only people that seem to be getting consequence for this is Punk and A Steel, and that well, is not good. It, to be a devil's advocate, I can see why Punk caught the side in it, in of it because of the media scrum. Well, yeah, and- he was wrong for doing that, but at the same time, like you know. Again, the whole thing with Colt Cabana, the whole thing with if they're, you know, uh, talking shit or whatever, you know, and again, it's this weird. And again, we don't know what's true, what's not like 100 percent. But if there I could see the, the the Omega Bucks camp being petty because, you know, they yeah, they, they found they, they were like, oh, we got this company now. And it's like we're and here's the funny part. You're not going anywhere, but 
you know, the thing is going to expect it to be like, oh, it's just some all about us. And it's not. And it can't be. And you got Moxley. You got Jericho. You got you, you need to build young stars. And then Danielson and Punk comes in and Cesaro. It's like you guys are not always going to be the center of it. You're not going anywhere. And it's like they I think they really think it's like an ego thing. It's like it's all about us. And it's like not really. And I'm sorry, but. Omega, since he left New Japan, has lost a lot of luster for me. Same thing with the Bucks. You know, it's, again, being on the mainstream is a way different. Uh, like, you know, me working for a small company, uh, you know, shooting a scene is one thing. Me going to L.A. and shooting for Brazzers is something completely different. There has to be some kind of change or adjustment. You have to evolve. And I feel like, you know, again, especially with the way Omega behaved, uh, and the way the way the like FTR and, and what certain talents have been booked and treated, you can't tell me that it's not like this passive aggressive little thing. Like this is our clubhouse, you can't have it. And now you're gonna not. And also, they went into his. Even if they talk shit, they went into his locker room. And I'm sorry, I know we're in a, we're in a, in a time in this country where everyone can talk shit and everyone acts big and bad because they have their friends with them. But here's the thing. You come in, three people, four people, five people come into my room and they are in my face and there is hostility. I'm sorry. I take that as a threat. So it's not a Jackie Chan movie. You can't take on everybody. So the, the rule of engagement for me is latch on, grab one of the five and that's the one you're going to hurt. Bite his ear off, stick your thumb in his eye, fish hook him. <laughs> Uh, grab his balls and literally start yanking, you know, just bite his jugular, you know, and as they're kicking a punch in you, you're, you know, you just clench down harder <laughs> on him because you're not going to, you know, but, you know, he basically reacted the way anybody would because, again, you're you're stars of this company. You're supposed to be examples, supposed to be in a leadership role. Plus, again, you're an executive. Uh, you're an executive. That right there, and I, apparently that lawyer was with them. Uh, Mega or Maga, whatever the fuck her name is. It's like, no, no. Like, again, like that is not appropriate behavior. If I got hired by a company to be just a director, like we want you to produce and direct, you're not going to be talent for us. We want you to take, you got a lot of great ideas. We want you to be the creative. We want you to produce stuff and direct stuff. So I have to now change my demeanor and I have to be professional because, okay, you know, and again, it's a, you still got to behave and everything, but it's a different thing as opposed to like, we are about to fuck. And then, but no, and now I'm in a position of power. I'm the boss. So today, if I say we're starting at two and you're going to put on this outfit and you're going to do this on that couch, I'm in a position of power. I'm like the office as it were, as they say in wrestling. So I can't be flirting with the girl. If she wants to work with me, or maybe she's being flirty or coming on to me because whatever I go, look, I can't have that conversation. I can't be flirty uh i gotta i do still shoot but i shoot on my own or i whatever if you want here's my card and we could talk when we are not on the clock because again i'm in a position of power and 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 believe it or not there is a, there is corporate it corporate corporate world in porn so you have to behave in a certain i had a girl that told me i was she was helping film some of my scenes and i really wanted to work with her but it was some personal stuff that she couldn't work with a guy until october but she was like, I'm walking around the set naked. I got my heart on going, this and the other thing. And she's making comments about my penis and this and the other thing. And she's kind of being flirty. And I had to tell her, like, look, 
I'm 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 a gentleman, but I'm not running for Jesus. Like you gotta like you know, I I would tell her she would make a joke, and I'd be like, you can't say stuff like that because you I can't touch you, and I can't you know I can't just like be like I can't walk by you and grab your titty or start like rubbing up on you because we haven't established that. So I got no recourse. So you like you can't you you, you can't, yeah you can't we're not having this conversation. We're not doing the that kind of flirting. <laughs> Because again, it's like what's appropriate, what's supposed to happen on set. Mm-hmm. These guys, right there, at the very minimum, should not. You're setting a huge, a hugely bad example by leaving them in their executive vice president positions. And if I were an executive for uh, the network, I'd be like, I'm not happy about this. And I'm sorry, I don't follow the ratings, but if, from what I hear on podcasts, the Bucks. And Omega are not really bringing in the ratings like other people. And, and you know, the booking is one. They're, they're terrible bookers. But the booking overall, I was watching AEW the other day. And it's literally, it's it's just literally like just floating. Like nothing is important. Nothing is going anywhere. There's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of cohesiveness. And you just bringing god it's just it's all bad it went from like i can't wait to watch this pay-per-view to i don't give a shit and like what they're trying to do with i don't know you know what you know what the conspiracy theories are true about mjf but the worst thing you could ever do is make him a baby face and if you're doing this so that he's going to turn heel and win the title at full gear the setup to this is not very good but the worst thing you could do and if and if people want him to turn babyface, it's not for the best interest of MJF, and it's not for the best interest of the company. It's you got a lot of people out there pulling for their own little thing, and it's it is hilarious because yeah, because some- which is you brought that up because something I, I definitely wanted to talk about was is it a good move to make him a face? No, it'd be because, a horrible move because. One, the allure of is him being a heel. And even with the beatdown that he received from the firm, it, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a face turn. I could be, it didn't feel like a face turn to me. It just felt like you, you get what I'm coming from. It's like the desire effect that they wanted, I don't think they they, they achieved. Maxim? Maxim? Maxwell? Jacob Freeman is a goddamn virtuoso because he went out in his own hometown and it was like the Jerry Lawler prospect. You know, for those who don't know, uh, in the USWA days, Lawler was running Tennessee and Texas. And in Texas, he was a heel. And in Tennessee, he was a baby face. And basically, he just didn't really change what he did. It was just a matter of, but he, he, he kind of did slight little changes. And here's the thing. He went out there in a Buffalo jersey in his hometown, or uh, Long Island. He went out there like in the Island jersey, I'm sorry. And he had them in the palm of his hand, beat all babyface, and then took it away from him. Effort- like, he did it so quickly and effortlessly that it, like, it took me a second to kind of realize it, you know? And I'm supposedly a smart mark. And I'm like, oh, wow. It's like watching, you know, Prince play for the first time. It's like watching, you know, Meryl Streep in her first big breakout role, it's like watching somebody that's truly different from everybody else. This guy went out there and he was getting booze 
and he and he and like he just everything he does, even if it's like that thing with the shirt, that's an old mm-hmm. wrestling gimmick. Even if that wasn't planned, he he kind of if that was like actually oh my god, this is an accident. He played it off so perfectly, and he and it literally it didn't fuck. So you can't tell whether he did that on purpose because it's an old wrestling trick, or uh, or if it was just him, you know, kind of going with it and improvising. So it's you know it's it, it would be the worst fucking thing to make him because hit. I mean because he had nobody to be when okay well, even when I look at it right it's of course he's being cheered. Because he he was the guy that said fuck the boss. We always we always cheer that, you know. Period. Um, but even to the point that it's okay. Things like this because he had the Stone Cold effect, where even though he never changed his persona, he just perceived yeah. as a face. And and I think it's because now and also there's no big baby or no big heels really. For him to work with, he's better as a heel that stirs the drink than a babyface. And, and again, I, I mean, it could be Jericho because Jericho, for a guy who knows so much about wrestling and has all the experience, for him to actually sit there and say, "Oh, he should be a babyface," I'm like, okay, either you really have lost. Yeah, the point. Well, either because either either you're saying that so you taking his damn. Uh... <laughs> either you're saying that because you it's, it has to be for purely selfish purposes because I'm he's somebody who's been in the wrestling business for like 30 plus years at a high level and I'm somebody just sitting in a chair in my house and even I know that's a bad fucking idea you could always just switch because here's the thing as far as heels go nobody I'm sorry nobody nobody in the industry let alone AEW can hold a candle to him as a heel because he could get a genuine reaction he does not have to do all this over the top bullshit and he's constantly improving and Jericho honestly a lot of his shit is just fucking goofy i'm so disappointed because when i thought he was going to AEW i thought he was going to be the modern day Terry Funk where he would go and get all these guys over and bleed every match and never and didn't matter if he won because he would just get everybody over like the 90s happened large part because Funk was out there wrestling Literally in the age in his fifties, all over the world, wrestling everyone and wrestling with all the young guys. Name a young talent that came to, to that came into uh, fruition in the Attitude Era. They all worked with Terry Funk, whereas Jericho hasn't gotten anybody over. Punk was at least working with the younger guys and giving them getting them over and giving them like a lot of you know a lot of uh, stuff in the ring. Jericho is still doing his bad gimmicks, like the people he surrounded himself with. That Jake Hager, terrible. Sammy Guevara has lost a lot of a lot of heat in my regard. His wife does not she is horrible. The tag team has some potential, but it's like it, it just they're, they're terrible stooges. And then and then Garcia, again, at this point, I don't give a fuck. Like you're you're doing unnecessary <laughs> shit with the guy. I don't care. Uh, he need, he's somebody who needs a manager, and he just needs to be like like a, like a like a shooter, you know, leg breaker. It's just so yeah. It's the it'd be the worst possible thing for business, and uh, if he go, turns babyface and Tony Khan, if this and that's the one thing. Number one, you can't book. I'm sorry, but you can't book, and your eye for talent. I'm gonna call suspect. Uh, <laughs> you need to hand over booking to somebody, and I'm talking all of it. 
and also you need to put an iron fist on your company. And I don't think he's learned. That's the most, that's the most uh, damaging lesson not learned in this whole thing that Tony Khan is not realizing this all happened. All of this happened because you don't have a tight rein on any of this. And like if punk started doing that shit, the scrub, I would have either let him go or I would have like unplugged his microphone. Uh, I would have, you know, I, I, I would have had people in place already to make sure that they never got within a, a mile of each other that night. That lawyer, uh, whoever she is, you're an idiot. Okay, I don't care if you were go- like, you should have literally thrown yourself on Omega's legs and held his ankles or basically threatened to fire them or legal action, say something to prevent them from, like the fact that you allowed them to go to his locker room you, I don't give a fuck how much money you make. I don't give a fuck what you achieved in your life. I don't give a rat's ass about your degree. If I wish, I wish we were a popular enough show that she would hear this. You're a fucking moron. And I wouldn't let you... I had a lawyer look over my new contract with my new agency. I wouldn't let her look it over. Because you're a fucking idiot. Okay? Even if you favor those guys, I'm, I'm somebody who really just wants to be talent. Okay? I really just want to be creative. I want to perform and I want to create stuff. But I know when I get my little studio off the ground, the eventual goal is to have it to where I'm basically directing and producing and I have like a sustainable business that I can, that I can work until the day I retire or, or die. And when that switch happens, my role changes. Like if I'm running it like in 15 years, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pizza Bed Studios is killing it and it's making a nice living. I can't be on set fucking the young girls i can't be auditioning the young girls like there has to be there has to be people in charge there has to be there has to be like a system and so on and so forth you know i would make sure that we're never really alone in the room together there has to be because again i am the boss i own this thing it's there's a certain amount of propriety that has to happen even though it's sex work and clearly everybody there does not fucking understand it and it's ironic because they have all had the experience that they should. And so this bitch, this stupid fucking squat, you know, basically just went along. Like I would have been running around screaming at wrestlers to grab them. I would have been making a scene. I would have ran to Bucks. I would have ran to Punk's locker room, burst in the room and go, they're coming. Please don't do anything. I would have stood in front of them. Anything. Because this, all of this would have unfolded. The fact that I'm not going to lie to you. If I was the the con or anybody of any position, the second Adam Page came back from that, that, that bullshit interview that he did with Punk where he decided to be cute, I would dress him down like a, like a dim child in front of everybody to make sure that you're never going to do that again and neither is anybody else. You don't fucking do that. Are you out of your fucking mind. And here's the best part. You're, you're start, you stirred up all this shit that was already contentious for guy, two things. One, Tony Khan never pushed uh, Cabana like anything. He was a stooge in a in the stoogiest stooge stable to ever stooge or stooge. Okay, like in the exchange rate, they're not the three stooges. They're like the nine stooges. Like you weren't even the main stooge. A doughy short mass guy who's way past his prime is the head stooge. You're a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And you weren't even the main stooge. They weren't even using punk at all. At all. 
And not only did he keep his job, but he basically signed a new contract for a company that doesn't exist. And he's still out there running his little cabana business, getting a check for a company. And even then, when Ring of Honor gets a TV deal, how how big of a factor is he going to be involved in the card? So Cabana's fucking winning. If anything, it helped Punk coming in kind of helped him. Uh, because now he's still getting money for doing nothing. And you're going to go out there and stir shit that doesn't involve you. And it, again, it, it, even if you're going to sell the idea that, oh, well, you know, Punk or uh, Omega and the Bucks and, and, and Rhodes started. Like, yeah, they did. You were one of the faceless humps that they brought along because you're one of their little buddies. You're not one of the guys that founded the thing. You were... Uh, you've been a jerk off since day one, the sad drunk riding a goddamn lawnmower and this, that, the other thing. And now you're coming out looking like the rhinestone cow girl. And you go out there with your petticoat, all the bunch thinking you're going <laughs> to, uh, you know, Oh, and the medicine isn't working. Like, dude, as somebody with mental health issues that takes medicine, could you be any more of a bitch? Could you be any more of a bitch? Let me ask you a question. When you sit down to pee, do you remove your tampon or do you leave it in? Um, because I know your balls, I know you can't tell me what temperature the water is because your balls don't hang that low. But I'm just wondering, like, the dude is a fucking jerk off. And it's just the environment. You're, it, AEW is in for a very rocky road. Like, if I were punk, I wouldn't sign shit unless I could go somewhere. And I'm not going to lie to you. The money he could make at WWE and the basically the massive middle thing. Think about that. Rest, think about he comes in and wins the Royal Rumble. And then it's him and Roman at WrestleMania for both titles. And the, and the build up to that, that the that, amount that would be I mean, a, about, he literally they could sell out. I want to, I, I guarantee you, they could sell out a 200,000 seat arena in a day. Between that, between what they already got to go in Roman Reigns, and you bring in Punk with all that backstory, hold that's why Tony Khan doesn't, that's why he wants to non compete. And of and, course, and, he's afraid he's gonna go to WWE. And, and I'll tell you what, and he should be, but I'll tell you what. If you're going to be a fucking little cunt because you didn't rein in people that shouldn't have had a position of power and you're going to be a little bitch because you still want to be a fanboy, not the boss. That's why I never want to be the boss. Being the boss is not fun. I always said I'm a terrible white guy. I, I, I don't want to take over anything. I don't want anything that's not mine. If I was on the frontier, it would have been more of a manifest suggestion. You know, be like, hey, so this corner of Oklahoma, are you guys using? Oh, you are? All right, well. We'll come back in a couple of years and see maybe, you know, do you know what the people of Wyoming are selling? You know, I don't want to be in charge. I would like to be the third or fourth guy in command because it's enough power to be comfortable. But at the same time, you don't have to be woken up at five in the morning with an emergency. So I like he's a fanboy. And if you were going to allow all this shit, give him the give him the rail, then I would hold Tony Khan over the fire and literally cash in. I'd be like, all right, you don't want me going to WWE? Well, motherfucker, open that fucking Jacksonville wallet and let's and let's get the uh, let's get the numbers going because I would literally rape you. Like his asshole was actually physically hurt because the number because <laughs> the number because seriously because here's the thing: buy out my contract, fine. And again, 90 days. No more than 90 days, but I wait. That gives you perfect time to show up at the Royal Rumble. And boom. And then here's the best part. You get that Lesnar deal, so you maybe see Punk a couple times a year. And and the, all now here's the best part, too. All you would need is one year. All you need is one year. So he wins the title at WrestleMania. 
yada, yada, yada. Rhodes will be back by then. You start a feud with him and Rhodes, and then by November, the Survivor Series, he puts over Rhodes. Rhodes gets the title. Uh, I would book it in the garden uh, because of the story. And then here's now, and in the meantime, Punk can do, you know, do promos, do do personal appearances, get a couple guys over, make people seem important again, and then puts over your next huge star. And then he can just kind of be like, eh, I'm going to go away for a while. Maybe I'll come back in another couple of years. But that's what I would do. Uh, and here's the thing. The bloodline kind of makes me want to watch the show, but that means but really it's just a lot of fast-forwarding to get to yeah. that. But yeah. I'm not going to lie. If Punk went back to WWE... I I would probably watch a lot more WWE, and I would definitely sit through some of those pay per views uh, just to see. So, uh, yeah, I I think Tony either needs to be punished by paying an absorbent amount of money, or he needs to learn for all his shit talking when the, when McMahon stepped down and be like, "All right, there, you little fucking you little you little pellet ball bitch, you wanna you wanna see some wrestling? You wanna see some uh, what what draws money? Like Punk's gonna show you." You know? Well, with that being said, you gave the perfect segue to the WWE side of this show. Oh, good. <laughs> My absolute favorite. And, um, of course, we're going to talk about Crown Jewel, which is coming up. And the issue that you mentioned, uh, of course, the bloodline, which is the best part of both shows. And um, it, it, like you, I'm liking what they're doing with the bloodline. Um as far as the match, they're supposed to be going down between Logan Paul and Roman. Not feeling but so much. Um, I, I don't get why they decided to go that route. Um, I mean, don't get it twisted. I think Logan Paul will do a good job in the match. So, but it, to me, there's other people they could have put in that position. <laughs> Even that, the motherfucker didn't want to go. <laughs> well, that's right there why the WWE, that's why Paul Levesque would bring back um, Punk, because you here you have a, uh, they're going to the, by the way, also, fuck Saudi Arabia, those fucking scumbags, um, you fucking, you murdering little scum fucks, um, uh, you got, uh, basically, again, he's taking it seriously, yada, 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 but you got a fucking YouTuber wrestling your world champion, you need punk like the wrestling industry. Look, and again, I I was a Bears fan for a period of time, which we're not here to talk about my huge life mistakes. But uh, when when the Bears had Brian Erlacher, who is one of the greatest linebackers ever to play the game, you know he was fucking. He basically carried that team for years on a bad knee. Mm-hmm. Now, in personal life, he's he's a fucking douchebag, and he's a and he's a fucking kind of a little bit of a. Fucking yeah, he's a douchebag basically. Um, and people are like, oh, well, you know, he's doing this. He's like, and I remember telling somebody in the Chicago bar, and I was like, you know what? I don't care. He's not breaking the law. I don't need the guy to be a fucking saint. I don't need the guy to go visit a kid in the hospital and say, oh, how many touchdowns do you want me to score for you, little Billy? I need the guy to win the fucking game because that's his job overall. It's not to sell sneakers. It's not to sell tickets. It's not to fucking push Coca Cola. Win. The fucking game. Get to the Super Bowl. Win the Super Bowl. Give my life a fraction of a meaning for five fucking minutes. Win the game. That's his job. I get CM Punk could probably be an asshole, and he definitely kind of sees somebody that 
while you're on his good side, he'd probably be the best human being, but he's definitely somebody who, who I could see be very tiresome. Um, again, you're talking to somebody who, you know, was skipping for joy because somebody gave me like a little bit of cocaine a couple of weeks ago. You know, I don't know if he and I would be, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he and I would be buddy, buddy, but here's the thing. I don't give a fuck what he's like in real life. Even if he wants to be a sourpuss and a fucking, you know, uh, a, a puckered asshole in his personal life, fine. Is he going to show up on time? Is he going to draw ratings? Is he going to draw money and tickets? Is he going to basically sh- give a shot of life to basically the two major companies who have the stalest, most un... I watched an uh, like an hour and a half video on the... There's a great uh, YouTube channel. Um, it's The title of it is The Address of the Old Championship Wrestling from Florida. And they do these various videos, matches, and they did a collection on the Briscoe brothers in 83 when they turned heel and their feud with, um, with young blood and steamboat and like the interviews and everything. And, and the way the Briscoes who are just baby faces their whole career, the way they played heels was perfect. Uh, that was more interesting and the way they did things than anything going on right now. And again, it's like bright minor spots here and there, but it's not enough to warrant a two hour show, a three hour show. This guy gives a shot of life to everything. So that's <clears throat> what I want. I don't care if he's a fucking asshole. I don't care if he's but, a I mean, guy that like the with Wilt McCarver, I want to get back on, on topic because you know we're trying to the thing of it is, is do you think that this is going to be a good match? Wait, him with and, Roman? and Logan Paul. Oh, um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I mean, Logan is green, so I, I think he's smart enough. He's athletic, and he's smart enough to, you know, like, he, again, he looked great, but he listened to The Miz. So he's smart in the fact that he's athletic, he looks apart, and I'm sure if Roman tells him, okay, buy slam me, and then uh, spin around in the circle and do the pee-pee dance, I think Logan Paul is smart enough to do it and just trust uh roman so i think it could be an okay match uh and i mean but again the the saudis don't don't know wrestling they don't they're, they're trying to sell the idea that they're just trying to sell the idea that like they're not tyrannical murdering like evil mm. empire scum fucks um and, uh, you know, ironically, I'm never in favor of our our country invading other people. I am not. I'm anti-war. I think war should be the absolute, absolute last resort because we're sending our people to go die. And the people making those decisions most of the time never even served in the military. Uh, but I will say that the one country we probably should invade and probably should turn into a paperweight and should give a fucking old school American ass whooping to are the fucking Saudis. Like, I, I like I, I honestly, like, yeah, no, my opinion of what we should do to the Saudis is, uh, you know, and like literally just put a, like put a beating on them so hard that Russia changes their tune. Like that's how hard I think we should hit Saudi Arabia. Cause I think they're responsible for a lot of shit, but we're basically, we got our lips so, so tight on their hairy sand written camel smelling assholes that, you know, we just like, okay, okay. Oil. Okay. <laughs> so fuck Saudi Arabia. They wouldn't know wrestling if it smacked them in the face. Um, 
And uh, I mean, it's going to be what it's going to be. Like, I don't think any of those, I never really watched any of those things because I kind of refused to. I don't think any of those cards have been any good because I think, one, they're never held in the proper arena or the conditions. Nobody wants to be there. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just WWE taking like blood money because Vince has, and I think Triple H, I don't know if the contract is ongoing. Mm-hmm. If I were Triple H, I would maybe, when the contract runs out, I would not resign it because it's such. If a person's ever find trip, and then, oh. and then you're talking about motherfuckers, well, looking for them is on a Saturday. So they ain't got to worry about some of the just trying to get back for Raw or anything. I mean, it's, just, it's such a bad look to be involved with Saudi Arabia. Same thing with the golf. Like, they're trying to buy the golf. And it's like, you know, you realize, like, again, I love money. And I can mm-hmm. be bought. But the thing is, if I'm going to be, like, if Saudi Arabia started their own porn scene and they liked my shit for whatever reason, my first answer would be, fuck you, no. They'd be like, oh, <laughs> you? I'm like, okay, here's the, again, go, go back to your accountant. They come up with a number. Now, when you get up from the chair in the accountant's office and your asshole does not feel like there is a fiery hemorrhoid in it, the number's not big enough. So sit back down. <laughs> I want you to feel like you've been fucked by Shane Diesel dry with an asshole full of hemorrhoids. And when you feel like that, that is the number. Yeah, say no more. So now, to me, the match tonight is probably going to be Lassie versus Brock Lesnar, which they're giving them at. Which again, why are you wasting that match on them? And also, saying it's and also it just again like you you misappropriated the it's poor Bobby Lashley. I swear. I mean, this is a WrestleMania match, and you're giving it, you know. And again, whatever WWE's making, whatever you're paying these two, they're not getting what they should. Yeah, cause um, uh, it it's we, I, we finally get the match because people have been bragging for it. I know a lot of people said they hate that it's going to be in Saudi Arabia, but um, to me, I feel that's going to be the match tonight because I know how physical these two are going to get. And um, the only thing is that, of course, the dynamic posed to be that. Last Lesnar, uh, Lesnar supposed to be the heel and Bobby Lesnar, but we know that Lesnar's gonna get cheered. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like to me, do they get it right when it comes to the heel and the the heel and well, the here's face? the problem: you you one Jacob Freeman could never be the heel that he is in WWE. One number one, you have to allow the guy. To like okay, the Dudleys basically just flat out cursed and like picked fights with the crowd, so that's how they got their heat. I never considered their heat that legitimate because if you get in somebody's face and start shoving them and calling his wife fat, like, eh. but like Jacob Friedman, like I said, one of the best lines I ever heard it was like a, a kid in a wheelchair asked him how his day was going, and he's like, better than yours. I mean, like, that's a perfect heel, you know, like. There could be genuine heels. And again, heels cheat. They do dastardly things. You know, Daniel Bryan was giving a goddamn masterclass, a Harvard masterclass of being a heel, down to the subtlety of doing the 10 punches and then stopping at nine and just looking at the crowd going, "Eh, eh." you know, like he was being, he was doing some of the best heel work in the industry and he was doing it his way. 
And genuine, and this is a guy who is beloved around the world and he was getting genuine booze. So you could still be a heel. You have to allow said talent to be a heel in their way. And you also have to have the brains in your head to let it go. Because across the wrestling industry, there's this hurry up and go. There's this hurry up and like, okay, we're going to start something. Now we're going to finish it. Now we're going to start something else. And now we're going to finish it. Again, to make a comparison to porn, there are times where it's like, I just want to get to the fucking, or I just want to get to this particular position. But it's like, no, we got to do the foreplay. And the stuff's got to come off. And then we got to do this, this, and this. And, you know, because you got to wrap. But that's the thing. Like, Danielson, just as he was getting, being a heel over, he becomes part of the Blackpool Comedy Club and then loses everything he had going. And the Blackpool Combat Club, I like it, but it's really ineffectual. And you've done everything. And, like, again, you're, you're, you're treating Claudio worse than the WWE did. Um, you know, it's all this, there's, it's just, yeah, you can still be a heel, but you have to let the person be a heel, which means people are going to be offended. Cause that's the whole point. Like Logan Paul, I believe could be a fucking heel, but you get, but he has a natural attitude and arrogance about him, especially his brother, like have his brother come in and be his manager Mm-hmm. Do that, maybe do a couple. I don't know. I've never seen them really side by side, but have maybe do the 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 uh, the killer bees gimmick where like like he'll roll in or something and you know help him cheat or whatever. Those two now, if you brought in Logan Paul and and slowly built him up, and then eventually when his brother's done, basically just stealing money in the fight game, uh, you bring him in as like a manager. Oh my god. Oh my God, with their media savvy and let them do their own shit on YouTube and give that, don't try to own and control every little thing. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you within two years, they would be, you would have people jumping the rails trying to get at them and they have their fan base. So they could still do all their YouTube shit and they're, and they're not going to lose that fan base. So I think there is the ability to be a heel. It's just, there's a complete lack of, of the ability to tell a proper story. I heard that Emma finally came back to the WWE. Yes, yes, she, she took a loss. Uh, uh, damn, who right, the hell she lose to? The, the, oh, she lost. Of course she lost. <laughs> yeah, against. Who the hell go against? I can't remember. Was it Bailey? Uh, but but here's the thing. Okay, well, number one. Jesus uh, fucking Christ. You know, you steal... See, this is reparation because you steal a little bit of my heart and soul every time we have to talk about this garbage WWE bullshit. <laughs> you, like, okay, you bring her back. First of all, it's a talent that was that redefined herself on her own and and had to, like, the, like, she was just killing it in NXT. And then you let a bunch of hack nobody writers bring up a gimmick that nobody can make work. And that, from what I saw, wasn't even, like, properly pushed. And then they went and cried to somebody. And you took the side of a bunch of fucking hack writers over a talent that was going to draw you money and be, like, the cornerstone, could be a cornerstone of, like, just a fantastic heel for all your baby faces. And she got fired. And you're finally now bringing her back. And you have her lose on the first night. Well, number one... Um, I'm sorry, but unless the wrestler really gets out of line, you never take the side of a writer over the fucking wrestler. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? If these fuckheads had any talent to 
product wouldn't be this god awful. I see the same shit time in and time out. They are just it, like I, I just I was so aggr- angry when they fired her for the stupidest reason because some little bitch that can't put two words together came up with the lamest fucking gimmick when she had and again oh they got to justify their job to justify it some other way motherfucker or go hey I see what you're doing allow me to add on to it or here's an idea or something okay going in like the, the, they shouldn't have that kind of power. I'm sorry, but like if I'm on set and somebody's husband or whatever comes up to me and says something, I'm gonna smack the shit out of him. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm I don't give a fuck with you. I'm male talent. I'm in the industry. I'm on set. I'm working. Like I don't give a fuck what your opinion is. You ain't gonna come up and talk to me that way. Or like somebody's friend or if the catering person has a problem, like I don't unless the talent did something really disrespectful, tell the fucking caterer or the husband or the girlfriend like, okay, that's great. Go back in the fucking corner and shut up. You're not <laughs> you're not the reason why everybody here is gonna make money. You're just you're like you're watching your wife get porked. Sit down, fuck off. Uh, somebody told me that like they they were running an event and the husband of one of the girls came up and it was like, Oh, these guys, you know, they don't like where are all the big dick guys and this, that, and the other thing. And I was just looking at him like, and you didn't smack them? That was my response. I'm like, and you didn't slap the shit out of them? It's like, well, that's why you're the producer. That's why you should be in charge, and I shouldn't be. Because if I was on set and I heard that fucker walking around and say something about my dick, when I'm, I literally, my dick pays bills. My dick, my dick, like I, I, my dick gets me flown. It got, it got me flown to, to the, like different parts of the country. My dick got my hotel room paid for. My dick pays my bills. My dick is pro. And you're going to sit there and, and, and lecture, like, because I don't look like a certain type of guy or my dick is not 12. Like, you're going to talk shit. Like, I would have walked across that set and I would have threw him out a fucking window. Like, you ain't going to fucking talk to me like that or talk about me like that on set when you're some fucking middle-aged crisis, you know, letting your wife be in the industry. Are you out of your fucking mind? Uh, so, like, the fact that a writer had that kind of power and, and, it, and if Emma gave them shit, rightfully so, because... Everything she did was working, and that was a fuck. Oh, Emmalina, which is not a real name, and she comes out in the dress, and she's like a blonde. Like, okay, tell me you don't understand anything about women without telling me you don't understand it. Oh, a pretty girl that's blonde that wouldn't fuck you. Oh, she's got to be a cunt. She, she couldn't have <laughs> taste or eyesight or, like, a desire to get off. Oh, no, she has to be an evil cunt. i love to see the guy that wrote that fucking gimmick for her. It probably looks like Danny DeVito after a three-week fucking coke binge. Fucking assholes. <laughs> so, so the last thing we're gonna talk about on WWE, and then we had to wrap it up because I have another show I had to take care of, and we will be back later on in the week to record Pro Wrestling Smoke. So, for our subscribers and everything, the match that I feel is the least of the night will be Omos versus Braun Strowman. Ugh, Jesus. Uh, they like, you, ever see, you ever see Walrus's fight? On the Animal Channel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is like the most. The, 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 to me, I'm sorry. It. I like seeing big horse fights, but this is not one horse fight I really want to see. Uh, I. I'm sorry. It's just like you know, Braun, especially again. There's somebody. 
you know, his attitude when the pandemic hit, when he never worked a hard day to be in the wrestling industry, he was basically a fucking strong man in an era where it's not really cool to be a strong man anymore. And he was handed this big contract and he, you know, whatever. And then you're going to talk shit and then gets fired. And then just sits at home. And Clay, and, for, and again, comes up with the worst named idea for a wrestling company. Titans. And, and basically just sits at home until they call him back. And and again, hasn't wrestled in years. He's rest. Well, he was never good to begin with. Now he's rusty as fuck. Dude's a fucking asshole. And and here again, um, and that's another thing that's wrong with this society in that somebody like Jordan, who literally was making more money and literally redefining like marketing, but was the first one to show up at practice and the last one to leave. And he never phoned it in. And he was literally, he was so adamant about training and, and just practicing and being on point that he punched people in the face for not training hard enough. Okay. There's a guy that can, you know, be a little bit of an asshole because he fucking worked for nothing to get everything. And then when he got everything, he was like, oh, well, now I got to work even harder. You, if you're somebody like, it's the same thing with girls. Like they come into the industry, some of these girls, and they get, they hit, you know, they hit a streak and you've been doing it for six months. And then you start talking to people that have been doing it for years, regardless of their success level. And it's like, okay, asshole, here's the problem. In six months, maybe another 12, you're going to be gone in nothing but a distant memory. And we're still going to be here working, making a living. Um, it's like, yeah, when everybody hands you everything or you have an entire team right off the bat, just like doing everything for you and you start at the top, it's real easy to act like you earned the shit. Uh, when you have it. And those people, usually when they run it off at the mouth, I ignore them because it's like, oh, by the time we get to Exotica Miami, you're going to be gone. And, or when like, when, a, when a girl gives me an attitude, I'm like, okay, within like six months, you'll be gone. You'll, you'll be, cause you, you know, you'll be gone because you're, you're going to be upset that you're not making a million dollars. You're not making like 50 grand a month, but you're not doing anything that, that the girls do that make 50 grand a month. Uh, you know, I mean, fucking, like I said, Miss Danny, who I mentioned earlier, that, that fucking bitch, I guarantee you, she makes more sitting on her couch on a day off farting into the cushion than I make in, like, two weeks. Probably more. Like, just sitting on her, like, one day. Just sitting on, just into the couch. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? She's always on point. She works her fucking ass off. She's a nice person. And she hustles. And that's why she's still around. That's why she is where she is. So people like Braun Strowman, they run their mouth. They're like, I don't know anything about this almost guy, but it's like... You know, it's yeah, it's it's not gonna it's, it's not gonna be big John it's not gonna be big John Stud versus Kamala or Andre versus Kamala or you know uh Baba versus Andre. It's gonna be two fucking left footed like homunculus like slapping titties together and just and and poor v, uh, MVP just standing there, just like you know, fucking being the only smart one, just keeping his mouth shut and trying to. Trying to make chicken shit, you know, out of chicken salad. Yeah. Or do you advice work or whatever the fuck the saying is? Yeah, so, so unfortunately, we had to cut it short because I have other things that I have to take care of. But next week, we'll give you a little bit of a longer show, which we were planning to make this show a little bit shorter anyway. 
So, and like I said, for you people that's listening, don't forget to subscribe to the Premium Smoke Room to listen to the Smoke Podcast, Pro Wrestling Smoke, where we do an even deeper dive into everything. And what we didn't get to get into in Pilgrim on Wrestling, we're going to get into Pro Wrestling Smoke. So with that being said, tell everybody where they can spend money on you, Billy. Well, uh, again, everything, like many vids, um, the Billy Pilgrim, Triple X, all like spaces in between. But uh, like I said, I just signed with model Red Model Agency. Congratulations. Like, yeah, thank you. So they're going to help me kind of do Because again, I mean, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, they're going to finally get stuff up and running for me and hopefully get me more paid gigs and, and so on. So like more news to come. Um, uh you know, my Twitter is Billy Pilgrim Triple X. Uh, you know, Billy, my Instagram, which I really don't give a fuck about. Uh, Billy Pilgrim 3X. If you're a genuine fan, see, I don't, I've, I've really had to like put the choker on Instagram because it's the biggest carny fucking white trash festival I've ever been a part of. I can't, <laughs> if you want me to follow you, then you need to message me like under one of my posts or something and say, hey, I'm a real fan. It would mean a lot if you followed me. And, but here's the thing, don't, if you want to say I love your stuff or something, or you want to ask about, oh, when's the scene coming out, that's fine. Otherwise, not to be a dick, don't DM me, because I, I really had to stop following people because I, either it's MLM scams or Bitcoin, which I don't give a fuck about, or it's like basically only fangirls uh, that are like coming into my DMs and they're essentially either trying to sell me escort or like, oh, buy my shit. I'm like, you realize I'm male talent. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to buy you doing solo shit in your room on an OnlyFans. Like, if I was going to buy that shit, I have friends, I would give the money to them. But again, male talent, like actual porn star. And that's the thing that offends me and annoys me most. Like, you're going to approach me like some mark and try to mass market me. And it's like, yeah, so I, I've really I tightened it up. Now it's basically to the point where if I don't know you or if you're not a named talent, I will not follow you. But if you're a genuine fan, if you reach out and I will explain to you the rules of, of following me and then I will follow you. But I don't give a fuck about Bitcoin. I don't give a fuck about LMM. I don't give a fuck if I can make 50 grand a day. Yeah, honestly, if that kind of opportunity was going to present itself in my life, it would have done it already. I don't give a fuck. If you're making money on it, delightful. But like literally, Instagram is a fat, ugly girl with a hair lip and a lazy eye acting like she's a young fucking, you know, uh, like Marilyn Monroe. You know, all these guys want to fuck me. Like, no, no, they're not bending over to see your ass. They're bending over because they're retching from the smell. It's like, like, sweetheart, everybody here is throwing you a pity fuck. Everybody that's on Instagram is throwing you a pity fuck, basically. <laughs> yeah, you, you, your shit is trashy, but I have to have it. The goal is, hopefully, I'm, I'm trying to find somebody that'll take over my social media for me so I don't have to be bothered with it. Um, you know, but, social media but that, that, that's, you know... <laughs> Also, I'm on BBW Adventures, even though they don't push my scene. You can go there and, you know, uh, and you go watch the scene I did with Sarah Starr, who was, was amazing. Um, and that's that's about it. No doubt. No doubt. So with that being said, another great show in the books. 
And we'll be back next week with some more Pilgrim on Wrestling. And remember to keep watching wrestling and enjoy it. And you know how we end this all day, every day. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience if you didn't learn anything? Smoke this over. Billy. Until next time when it's Vader time. We'll see you then. Yeah.